welcome to this presentation of Bethel Family Church. We hope you enjoy listening and that it helps you to grow closer to Jesus. So I want to talk about, as you can see, about habits um, this morning. And I'd like to just say at the start, I would like to be able to tell you I'm preaching from a place of experience and having put all this stuff into place in my own life and, you know, speaking out of having got it all together. Unfortunately, I can't do that this morning because that would be untruthful if, I, if I'd said. I'd like to be able to say that, but uh, I'm not quite there yet. I'm working on it. A few weeks ago, I shared with you a little bit of, of something that God had been putting on my heart about challenging me in the area of my own, I, I guess, to... to focus on my own spiritual walk and, and my relationship with Him and, uh, and to give that some more attention in my life. And I think that for me, this is a kind of a, a flow on, this is kind of some of the, the practical sort of how-to kind of messages. So the next couple of weeks, this is kind of going to be a little mini-series that we're going to be doing. I've uh, adapted this from series that Craig Groeschel did. So if there's a, a few words or phrases here or there that sound a little bit too eloquent and you know well put together to be mine, that's probably where I've taken it from. So I just wanted to give Craig Groeschel some credit this morning for some of this material. But uh, he's, a, he's a great church leader and, and preacher and they make a lot of their resources available. And this really fit with what I felt that God was kind of just putting on my heart to share and and, uh, and so I want to share this this morning with you. But let's just pray before we come to this message this morning. Father God, we thank you for the time that we've had to spend just drawing near to you this morning, coming into your presence. Lord, tuning our, our hearts, tuning our spirits in to be ready to hear what your spirit wants to say to us this morning. And Lord, I pray that although this is a very practical message today, Lord, that it would be life-changing. Lord, that it would, would help us to grow more and more day by day into the image of Jesus. Lord, that as we, as we hear what you are saying to us this morning, and as we, as we come away from it being prepared to put things into practice, to be doers of the Word and not just hearers, Lord, that you would help us to, to make, like we just watched in that little video, Lord, small changes that lead to big change in our life. We pray that we would be, just have ears to hear and hearts that are ready to obey this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So habits, well, there's a, a statement that Craig Groeschel makes, and, uh, and it's a really great statement, so I've just kind of grabbed this one, but he says this, he says, successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. And we see when we look at the lives of people that we think are worth emulating or imitating, there are often things that we see coming up in their life that we could describe as, as habits, we could describe as um, uh, you know, things that they do consistently and put into place in their life that have helped to make them the kind of person that they are whether it's, uh, you know, 
spiritually, whether it's financially, whether it's physically. You know, you don't get to be, uh, you know, on the cover of Men's Health magazine for, you know, eating donuts every day. You know, it's kind of like you want to have the, the kind of uh, body that other people admire. You know, it takes work and it takes consistency, doesn't it? That's why I don't have one. Uh, <laughs> Relationally, you know, if you, you look at someone, you know, you, you know some people and you go, they, they have a fantastic and wonderful marriage. You know, there, there's often so much that has gone on behind the scenes and, and habits and things that are disciplines and, uh, and sacrifices and choices and things that have, that have gone on to, to make that uh, marriage or that relationship what it is. And we can look at, at characters in the Bible. You know, if you, you think about Jesus... And, uh, and it's always good to think about Jesus. It's always good to look at him when we're kind of looking at examples of who to emulate and, and imitate, isn't it? But I don't ever remember reading in the Gospels Jesus saying, oh, gee, you know, I, I really should pray, but I just don't have time. You know, has anybody ever come across that? Uh, no, no, we don't read that, do we? You know, and as busy as Jesus was and as many people as there was kind of clamoring for his attention and wanting things from him... Jesus was the he he, uh, he had a custom of he, he would go to the synagogue every Sabbath. He would make time out to go and pray and spend time with his father. That was part of his his habits, his discipline, his choices that he carved out that kind of time. The Apostle Paul uh, is also a, a fantastic character in in scriptures, and there's a lot of aspects of of Paul that we would do well to imitate. And, and to copy in our own lives. But the Scripture talks about Paul having a habit or a custom uh, of going to the temple to pray, to worship, but also uh, he would do, uh, go to the temple to share with uh, his Jewish brethren, his brothers and sisters uh, about Jesus. He would have a habit of you know, going and, and, and sharing with people all the time. Uh, this amazing good news of, of grace through uh, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Who's ever heard of a guy called Stephen Covey? Wrote a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, it's been around quite a long time. It's pretty well known, particularly in sort of uh, leadership sort of circles. It's one of those go-to kind of texts. But his son, Sean Covey, is also uh, an author and has written a number of books. Uh, he sort of adapted that habits of highly effective people for kids and for teens. But he makes a statement, he says this, depending on what they are, our habits will either make us or break us. We become what we repeatedly do. And I suspect that that either uh, makes us feel really good or makes us feel slightly uncomfortable uh, when we think about the kinds of things that we do. Um, I I heard a, a statistic that says that something like 40% of what we do every day is not the result of a conscious choice, but of a habit. 40% of the things that we do every day. And if you think about it, it sort of doesn't sound too far off the mark, does it? I don't know about you, but um, there's a lot of things that I've done already today that were far more a result of, of habit and routine than they were of a conscious choice. Now, even though you may have chosen uh, what uh, pants or shirt to wear today, uh, the fact is that you probably didn't have to think too hard about how you were going to put those pants on. Have you ever done... Uh, oh, this is a little experiment, but um, 
Have you ever tried to put your pants on like the opposite leg first? Do you know what I mean? It's like, you probably, I don't know if you've ever even noticed, like when you, you put your pants on, you always put the same leg in first. Have you ever noticed that? Yep. And, and have you ever tried to do it the other way around? It is ridiculously uncoordinated, isn't it? <laughs> if you can successfully manage that without falling over, you're doing pretty well. And, and it just goes to show, like, our, our brain is wired to take shortcuts all the time. Uh, and things that we do on a repetitive basis, our brain just says, no, I don't want to waste processing, decision-making power on that. Let's just do it the same way that we've always done it. You know, if, if you come to church here regularly, uh, hands up if you came, you drove the same way that you do every other time. Yeah, that, that's right. You, you probably didn't even think about oh, which way am I going to go and drive to church today? You didn't think about, oh, shall I go this way? Shall I do a scenic lap of Wyala? Most of you were running late, so you probably just came the most direct way. <laughs> but, it, but it's kind of one of those things, isn't it? There's so many things in our life that, are the, that, that happen on a day-to-day basis that are just a result of habits. And there's not anything particularly wrong with that, but there are times we need to kind of be aware of how much of what's happening in our life uh, is a result of uh, habit rather than conscious thought, to make sure that the habits that we've got are good ones and not bad ones. And, uh, you know, because we all know that, like, there are times when, like, our daily routine probably incorporates some things that we sort of do out of habit that may not necessarily be building us up. And we know, don't we? And we talk about habits and it's probably something, you know, every January many of us think about our habits and reevaluate our habits, but, uh, you know, and we know, don't we, that it's not always easy to break a habit. It's not always easy to create a new habit. They say that you've got to do something uh, on average about uh, every day for three weeks before it actually becomes a habit. 20, 21 times kind of minimum before something could be considered to be uh, a regular habit. And most of us would be pretty aware if we've tried to start a new habit, uh, a good habit, a positive habit, which is a great thing. Like at times, you know, it kind of, this, this is kind of part of the, the good news is that we kind of have this desire to, to change, to improve, to do things better, to get rid of some of our bad habits. But we know, don't we, that um, most often the, our attempts to start a new habit or to stop an old habit uh, aren't very successful. And I kind of said, uh, part of the, the message this morning um, is kind of looking at why that is. Because often we kind of, we get to that, that we make that decision, uh, and, and, but we try and we fail. We end up um, like Paul, you know, he's, he's writing in Romans 7, he says, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. It's like I, I, I want to exercise more and, and I want to eat healthier. I want to be more organized and I want to uh, pray more and I want to read my Bible more and I want to be more patient with other people and less prone to, to getting grumpy or, or cranky, but I just don't. You see, they're, they're all the things I, I try and I have all these good intentions, um, but uh, he says, I want, to, I want to do what is right, but I can't. 
I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. And I'm sure that probably many of us have been in a, a position where we can relate to those kind of words. You say, we, you know, I really wanted to do the right thing. I really wanted to be disciplined and I really wanted to, to make those decisions, but just somewhere along the way, uh, the wheels fell off and, and it just kind of, you know, it stopped working out. And then Paul does what we so often do is we attach that failure to our identity. And he says, oh, what a miserable person I am. What a failure I am. Can't even do this, you know, get this one simple little thing right. Don't those words, those thoughts sometimes go through our head when we kind of recognize, ah, I've messed up again. I had such good intentions and now it's all gone by the wayside. He says, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's a great thing to have good goals, to set good goals for ourselves. Uh, goals to be uh, healthier, you know, stop eating so much junk food, stop procrastinating, um, stop overspending and buying things that I don't need or whatever it is that are, that are our goals. You know, that, that, that's the good news. So, so looking at this, you know, uh, we see Paul kind of this, this, this sense of it, it's almost like his failure becomes who he is. But we see his thinking and his attitude kind of shifts as he focuses on Jesus. Jesus, who is our strength. Jesus, who is our hope. Jesus, who is our, our healing and our deliverance. And as we look to Jesus, who, who makes us new, you know, uh, Paul writes in, in uh, 2 Corinthians um, chapter 5, he says, For anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. But there's, there's, there's three reasons I want to suggest to you why uh, often our attempts at establishing habits are unsuccessful or our attempts at, at changing our habits are unsuccessful. The first is that we focus on the what but don't understand the how. Most of us have very uh, similar goals to a large extent. If we kind of went around and, and, uh, and, you know, took a poll of what your goals for your life might be, we'd probably find a lot of similar and, and recurring themes coming up. Things around uh, our health, being healthier. Things around our, our relationships and, and spending time with family. Things around how we manage our finances and our money and, and generosity. Things around our relationship with God. Those, those kind, I think we probably kind of could identify a number of very similar kind of categories within most of us. And, and James uh, Clear, who wrote a book called uh, The uh, Atomic Habits, he talks about this, this concept that uh, successful people and unsuccessful people very often have the same goals. You know, uh, you think about it in a... In a, a, a a sporting kind of example, right? What kind of, you know, AFL teams like Crows are doing pretty terrible at the moment, aren't they? You know, all the, all the power fans are, are really happy, but uh, if you're into 
uh, Australian rules. But uh, no team kind of sets out. I'm quite certain that Adelaide Crows did not set out at the beginning of this year going, we are aiming for bottom place on the ladder. (laughs) You know, they probably didn't even set out going, we're aiming for seventh place on the ladder, although they'd probably be quite happy with that right at the moment. You know, every sports team kind of goes into the, the competition for the year going, yes, we're going to win, we're going to take out the championship, we're going to, you know, that, that's our goal. Our goal is, you know, we, you know, we may not necessarily think that we've got a great chance, but that's what we're shooting for, that's what we're aiming for. When people get married, you don't see young newlyweds that kind of, you know, at the altar and you're talking to them about their, their goals. Their goals are always to have a, a, a wonderful marriage and a great life together and, and all that kind of thing, isn't it? They don't go into it going, well, you know, we're, we're aiming for a good five years and after that we'll probably succumb to the divorce, you know. That is just not how you go into... So we all, however, we know that that's kind of, for, for many, uh, many people, that's the, that's the result. You know, you look at, you, you read the celebrity magazines and some of them are lucky to last three months, let alone three years. Uh, you know, it's a, a rather sad state of affairs. But what's the difference between, uh, you know, so, so our success isn't determined by our goals. You know, we can see people who have exactly the same goals or, or teams that have the same goals at the beginning that end up with very different results. And, uh, and, and so um, one of the things that James Clear in this book, Atomic Habits, suggests um, as a statement here that says, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your habits. It says, goals don't determine success, the systems that you have in place in your life to achieve those goals is what determines your success. Now, it might not sound like a very kind of spiritual concept. It sounds fairly you know, like practical and, you know, um, that sort of thing. But when we start to look at Scripture of some of the, the lives of some of the heroes of our faith, we see this kind of principle in place. And we see, uh, you know, guys, guys like we talked about before, like Jesus, who had habits that built, uh, were built into his life that led him to have the kind of relationship with the father that he did. Uh, we can look at the example of Daniel. And we know the story of, of Daniel. He was a, a young man who was taken into captivity and uh, he, he was identified, uh, like he stood out among all the people. When the king was, was choosing servants to, to, to kind of work in the, the palace and be part of the, the royal staff, if you like, or the, the, the I don't know what you call them, uh, <laughs> the, the people who waited on him, as kings do. Uh, Daniel was a, a young man who distinguished himself and he stood out. Um, we know that uh, he was a, a guy who's, who was absolutely faithful to God, but encountered some difficulties, some challenges and some trials in his life, didn't he? But we also get a glimpse into some of the, you know, at least one of the, the habits that Daniel had put into place in his life. And we read that, you know, when the, the officials were out to uh, discredit Daniel to get him out of favour with the king and they brought in, you know, tricked the king into making this law uh, that said that everyone had to only pray to the king or they'd be, you know, put to death. 
what did Daniel do? It says, as was his custom, as was his practice, as was he, as his habit, he went and he, you know, in his window and he faced towards Jerusalem and he prayed. And, and we see this picture of a man who had uh, three times a day, every single day, he had this habit of praying and talking to God about stuff. Often when we, we make goals... We think that what we're we needing to change is the result. We can, you know, we kind of have that, you know, well, the, my, my goal is to, you know, lose 10 kilos or to um, be able to run a marathon or, you know, to, to keep my budget in the black or, you know, whatever it is, to pay off my debt. My goal is to pray more. My goal is to read the Bible more. But what we really need to be changing is not the result but the systems the habits in our life the little things that we do on a daily basis that kind of get us to that point when we when we fix what we do the outcome fixes itself does that make sense all right we're going to talk a little bit about more about that over the next couple of weeks. We're going to talk about some, some more practical strategies, but I want to, I want to kind of move on. So, so that, that's the first one. We focus on the, on the what, but not on the how. It's first, one of the reasons why we're often unsuccessful in, in changing our habits. And I don't know about you, but I kind of look at that and look at some of the, back at my life and some of the attempts that I've made to try to put things, you know, to, to change results. And I can kind of go, yeah, that's probably an area where one of the reasons why that one didn't work out for me. Number two is we don't see progress fast enough. How true is that? You know, I, you, you know, we walk on the treadmill three times this week and, you know, weigh ourselves at the end of the week and we've gained a kilogram, you know. <laughs> well, that obviously doesn't work, <laughs> you know. Um, we, we read our Bible plan, uh, you know, on our, you know, new version Bible app all week or whatever it is, or you read your Bible, uh, you know, every day and then you find yourself, you know, yelling at your, your wife on uh, Sunday morning before church or having a barney or getting cross with the kids or whatever and you go, well, you know, I don't feel much more spiritual. Obviously, that didn't work, you know, and we kind of give up. We, uh, you know, may, maybe if you're, you, you have a kind of a, a paying down debt kind of financial thing and you go yes I'm gonna you know um, stop buying coffees out at, at Macca's and you don't buy any coffees out for a whole month you know and you save you know two hundred dollars and then you look at your balance and you've gone from you know uh, you know nine thousand eight hundred dollars on your credit card to nine thousand seven hundred dollars you know and you go it just it just seems like you're not even making a scratch in the surface or whatever and so, you know, we, we kind of do things like that sometimes and we wrongly conclude that small, good decisions don't matter that much. We kind of look at those things and we don't see any big, dramatic, significant results and so we think, oh, well, those, those small, good decisions didn't make much difference, they don't matter. Or on the opposite side, maybe we make some small, bad decisions you know, maybe we sit on the computer for three hours and play video games and my wife doesn't, she's not very impressed with me, but she didn't leave me, so, you know, didn't really make much difference. 
You know, we skipped church one week and, you know, we, we knew that we really, God, you know, was telling us to go and we really should have gone and we had no excuse not to go, but we just didn't feel like it or feeling slack or slept in or whatever. And, you know, uh, the, the world didn't collapse, you know, the, the church didn't burn down without us and nobody kind of really seemed to care too much. And so, you know, we'd, we don't kind of feel spiritually bankrupt for missing church for one week and we go, well, you know... Uh, doesn't really matter very much or you know you you kind of you pig out and you have maccas and ice cream and you know chase it down with a donut and a you know and a frappe or something like that and you know you don't instantly put on 10 kilograms and say you think well you know no harm you know it doesn't matter you know and so and so we wrongly assume or wrongly conclude that small bad decisions don't matter that much But there's so much truth in this this next statement. Our life is the sum total of all the small decisions that we make. Because anything that we do consistently over a long period of time makes a, a big difference, just like those dominoes at the start. You know, little things become bigger, become bigger. And sometimes it's, you know, with our, our relationship with God, it's it's skipping church one week. You know, and it's like, well, I didn't really read my Bible much this week and, you know, whatever it is the next week and I'm, I'm not praying and I'm, I'm pulling back and I'm coming out of things and I'm not making time and, and, and it's one little step at a time. You know, it's not just like one big giant leap. We didn't kind of wake up one day and go, that's it, I'm, you know, not doing anything ever again. But all of a sudden we find, we look back and we go, well, how did I get so far away from where I used to be? And it's that one little kind of step at a time. And it's kind of a little bit the same on the other side of the coin as well, isn't it? Little positive decisions, little good decisions that kind of add up the sacrifices that we make. That, you know, that, that decision to look at my Bible instead of Facebook when I get up in the morning or, you know... Um, All, all those kinds of things are not wasted. It's a little bit like this. Uh, think, look at uh, this as a, uh, a little illustration. When you imagine that you, you're wanting to make some pasta, right? And you got your pot, and you put your water in it, and you chuck it on the stove. You turn the flame on underneath. You've got a gas stove like me, and uh, and and that flame starts to heat up that pot of water, right? And it starts off at, at probably sort of you know, room temperature kind of water, what's it, about 25 degrees Celsius or something like that. And after a few minutes, it's probably risen to 35 or 40 degrees. And, you know, and then a, a couple of minutes more, and it, maybe it's like 70 or 80 degrees, that, that water. And a little bit, little bit more even, and you're up to 90 degrees, 91, 92. What, what have you got in that pot? You know, hot water basically. At, at that point, it doesn't look any different to what it did when you started, does it? It still looks very much the same. But at 100 degrees, we know that's the, that's the boiling point. Obviously, to, to be getting the little bubbles, of, you know, some of that water is obviously at 100 degrees, maybe not the whole thing, but, but it kind of gets to that point. And we see, uh, once it hits that 100 degrees C and it's boiling, we start to see it bubbling and rolling and we go, now it's ready. But there's a, there's a whole lot of that period leading up to 
that point where we don't really see uh, anything of note. We don't really see anything of any significance happening in that water and yet it's changing. And often our, our, our good decisions and our good habits and our sacrifices and our self-discipline and the choices that we make to move in the right direction can feel so much like that. We feel like it's not making a whole lot of difference. You know, it's hard work and it's a slog and what is it achieving? And for, for a long time, those habits can kind of uh, look like they're not getting us anywhere. And then suddenly we get to this, this tipping point or, you know, you know and, and other people will look at you and think that you've been, a, you know, that it's happened overnight. Other people will look at you achieving some sort of success that you've worked hard for a long period of time for and think that you accomplished it overnight because they didn't see all of those sacrifices that you made along the way. They didn't see all the hard decisions that you made along the way. They didn't see all the things that you had to give up to get to that point. They don't see you overcoming your self-doubt and failing and and picking yourself up and starting back again. They don't see the times when you cried out to God in desperation uh, in the middle of the night because you just didn't know what else to do or where else to turn. They didn't see you enduring uh, criticism from other people. They didn't see the early mornings or the late nights. They didn't see the grind. They didn't see the persistence. They didn't see that determination or that private price that you paid. But it's the things that no one sees that bring the results that everyone wants. Galatians 6 verse 9, Paul encourages the church at Galatia. He says, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. There's this implication uh, in this verse that uh, harvests of blessing don't come after every good act, isn't there? He says it takes persistence, persistently doing what is right, making choices, making good choices, making choices to to sacrifice or to give up or to lay down, to let go, to to get up, to take something up, whatever it might be, of, of making that right decision again and again and again and again to the point where you are growing weary and where you are getting ready to give up. And he says, that's the point where you need to hang on and trust that the, the result is coming. So number two, do you remember number two? What was the point? You don't see results fast enough. That was, a, that was a long point, wasn't it? All right, so that's, that's point number two. Last point, number three. Point number three is this. Our distorted identity sabotages our success. The enemy will tell you what you are not. And the enemy will very uh, readily attach your failure to your identity. And it won't just be you failed, it will be you're a failure. It won't just be you messed that up, it'll be you're a mistake, you're a, you're a mess up, you're a mess. You didn't do it right, you're not good at it. You know, you look at some of the, the lives of people through Scripture, Moses was kind of a little bit like this, you know, he kind of, 
He had that whole thing with his identity. He's like, I can't do it. And God called him to go and be the, the spokesperson, the leader of Israel and, and be his mouthpiece to lead them out of slavery in Egypt. What did Moses say? He said, I can't do that. I, I'm a failure. I, I, I'm no good at speaking. I, you know, no one will listen to me. I'm nothing. I'm nobody. Look at Gideon. You know, remember the story of Gideon? Israel was kind of oppressed and, and God comes to Gideon and says, Arise, you mighty man of valor. You know, come and lead, lead the army to, to set the people of Israel free from the, the Midianite. Or Midian, I think it was a Midianite. Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, one of thoseites. And what does Gideon say? I'm, I'm the weakest and the least. He says, I'm the, the least in my clan and the, the weakest of all my family. And it becomes not about who he is, not about what he's done, but about who he is. You know, even even Paul describes himself at, at times. He says, you know, we, we read in that verse before. He says, what a what a miserable man I am. There's times when he describes himself as the the, the chief of all sinners, the the worst among you know the the least of all the apostles. You know, and sometimes we kind of. We, we allow some of our, our struggles and our weaknesses to kind of define our identity, don't we? We say, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm bad at managing money. We say, I'm a, I'm a really unorganized and undisciplined person. I'm a procrastinator. I'm a this, I'm a that, whatever. But an unhealthy identity creates unhealthy habits. Unwise habits and unwise habits reinforce an unhealthy identity, and it becomes this sort of self perpetuating kind of cycle where, because we have that view of ourselves, it affects what we do and the, and the habits and the things that become regular in our life, and then those things just kind of convince us that we were right to begin with. Most of us, when we set goals, we set do goals. And as, as we're kind of thinking of this and working through this over the next um, couple of weeks, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You know what do goals are. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, read more. I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But I want to encourage you, instead of doing that, maybe there are some things that you've been thinking about. I don't know whether this has been prompting some stuff in you. It's certainly been prompting some stuff in me, so hopefully I'm not the only one but that needs to make some changes. But um, it, th- there's this tendency, isn't there, when we kind of set these goals and as we're going, you know, and, and you know, listening to God and, and going, what are the, the areas in our life that I kind of, you know, maybe need to re- look at and reevaluate and make some changes but as you're doing that over these next few weeks, I want to encourage you, um, instead of creating do goals, I want to encourage you to create who goals. And what I mean by that is asking yourself the question, who do I want to become? What kind of person do I want to be? When you ask yourself that, maybe, maybe there's all sorts of things. Maybe there are things that pop into your head straight away. Maybe you need a little bit more time to, to think about that and pray about that. Maybe you go, you know, I want to be uh, a, a man of God. I want to be someone who's just known as being someone who follows God and loves God. That's a great goal. 
Maybe your goal is to be uh, a, a godly mum. You know, that, that's, a, that's a great thing. Uh, or, or a wife or a husband. Maybe one of your goals is you want to be someone who is, is bold enough to tell other people about Jesus and to share your faith. Maybe it's about, you know, being, being sober and being clean and getting rid of like a, a addictive kind of stuff that's in your life. Maybe one of your goals is about being a, a person who is financially free and able to live with a generosity towards other people. Maybe your goal is to be a person who is uh, fit and, and healthy. But our, our, our sense of identity and who we are can affect our actions and the choices uh, that we make. And, and it can kind of help us at times to know what we ought to do. Let's, let, me, let me just use this example. This is... Um, an example that uh, one of the guys uses in his, in his books. And he says, a, a cigarette smoker who's, who's quitting smoking, for example, and someone, you know, someone at work or whatever says, oh, you know, do you want to come for a smoke or do you want a cigarette or something? He has, often the response is, what is it? Uh, no thanks, I'm, I'm trying to quit. That's often the response, isn't it? Um, but what that's really saying is, I'm a smoker who's trying to do something different. And may, what he suggests in the in the book is, instead of saying I'm I'm trying to quit, saying I'm not a no thanks, I'm not a smoker anymore. And it kind of changes that perspective. I guess you can kind of apply that in in all kinds of different scenarios. But it kind of you see the difference where in one where where, where you know it's coming from that perspective of a smoker who's trying to change a habit to someone who says, I'm not a smoker anymore, that was part of my former life uh, and it's not any part of my present. It's not who I am now. Often we can feel trapped in part of that, you know, the, the things that we believed about our identity and about who we are. Look at this verse here in Romans 6, it says... Paul writes, he says, We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Now you are free from your slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living. We need to understand that we have an identity as a son of or a daughter of the King. That we have been set free from the things that held us back. We have been set free from those things. We are forgiven. We are redeemed. We are a child of God. We are an overcomer. We are more than conquerors. Miserable man that I am, who will set me free? Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ. Just as an unhealthy identity creates unwise habits, so a healthy identity creates positive habits. When we look at who we want to become, you know, if I ask myself that question, I kind of look at, you know, I want to be a great husband and a great dad. 
And when I kind of uh, am faced with a, a challenge or a decision or, you know, kind of looking at the habits, I, l- I look at that, that goal of who I want to be and go, what would that guy do? <laughs> you know, what does is, what is a, how, what is a, a great husband and a great dad do when he gets home from work? What does a, a great husband and a great dad um, do when his kids come to him and, and ask for help with their homework? You know, well, you know, kind of those those sorts of things. What does a uh, what does a godly mum do when the kids are just nagging and crying and being a pain in the neck? <laughs> you know, what does what does a what does a what does a godly dad do when the kids have messed up and made a mistake and made a mess of something, or when they're hurting? Who do you want to become? I was thinking about this. There's, there's probably a lot of things that, that I could say, but I think there's a, a couple that really stand out to me. I want to be known, I want to be a, a guy who loves Jesus. I want to be a guy who's um, obsessed with his wife and loves his wife and spending time with her. I want to be a great dad and one day an even better granddad, still many, many years away in the future. <laughs> I want to be a good leader and a good pastor and someone who believes in people and helps them to accomplish and be more than what they could on their own. and Helps people to make a difference in the world. When you know who you are, you know what to do. What would the person that I want to be do in this situation? That's the challenge that I want to leave you with this morning. I want, to, I want you to go away and, and think about that. I want to think about what kind of goals do you want to set for your life. But don't set do goals, set who goals. Who do I want to be? Who, who would I want, what would I want other people to say about me if they were asked? And then begin to, to ask the Holy Spirit, to ask God to help you to put systems and habits into place in your life that will move you towards becoming that person, that man, that woman. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for this truth that you've been sharing with us this morning. We thank you for this word. We thank you for the... F- the relationship that we have with you. God, we thank you that we have been set free, that our identity has been changed because of what you've done for us, that you have set us free, that you have called us your child. And thank you, Lord, that we can live in that. Lord, we we pray that you would help us to, to, to do the things that we need to do to become more like Jesus, to become more like that, that person that we want to be, that reflects you in our lives, in our families, in our communities. Father, as we go away this week, as we wait on you, as we spend time listening and talking to you about um, what that looks like in our life, Father, I pray that you would give us wisdom that you would give us understanding, that you would give us insight 
and to maybe some small things that we can change in our lives right now that will alter the trajectory, alter the direction, the course that our life is taking. Father, we pray that you would help us, lead us and guide us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, head to our website at BethelCRC.org.au or check out Bethel Family Church on